Hi, I'm Kathy Allen. I'm Jasmine. Hi, I'm Ellen. And we have High Expectations. Coming up on this mini episode, we discuss an article on whether love is enough and treat you to some outtakes. Unfortunately, due to circumstances, we weren't able to record as planned, but we'll be back with a full episode 5 really soon. Sorry, we had such high expectations. Alan introduced an article to us called Love Is Not Enough by Mark Manson. And Marilyn Manson. <laughs> Marilyn Manson wrote a really good think piece about relationships. You know what? <laughs> Marilyn Manson hasn't done anything good in a long time, so I'm glad for him. <laughs> it's kind of been all, all downhill since um, Heart Shaped Glasses, I Oh think. my god, though, that video clip. That video, that girlfriend, wow. All downhill. Also a bisexual. Hey. We don't condone bi erasure on our podcast. We mention bisexuals all the time. <laughs> What's her name? Evan Rachel Wood? Is that it? No, Rachel Wood. Oh, yeah. Evan Rachel Wood. Evan Rachel Wood. Yeah, she is. She's also in Across the Universe. Awesome. Which is like Mamma Mia, but with Beatles songs. <laughs> <laughs> so it mentions Trent Reznor, which is great. Oh, look at that. I didn't even know who that was. Okay, got it. Done. The article opens talking about the Beatles song All You Need Is Love and how that's misguided. He claims that love is not enough and mm. admires Trent Reznor of Nine Inch Nails for writing a song called Love Is Not Enough. And this article seems to be based off that idea. Mm-hmm. It's brought up a few questions that we're going to try and answer. Right, I'm going to first start with a gripe. I don't feel like he understood all you need is love. Because it's not about the love between a man and a woman. It's about like the love that we have for the world. Ouch. But also he's right about John Lennon who was a, a wanker. <laughs> He wasn't the greatest guy no, in his he, personal life. His personal life, he definitely wasn't, yeah. Talented musician, not a great guy in his personal life. No, mm. didn't do the family thing very well. No. That's okay. Mm. Which one? What's his first son called? Sean? Is it Sean, Sean, and Sean and Julian. One of them he just completely ignored. Sorry, Sean. <laughs> Christ. Um, also, can I say something about Trent Reznor? Yeah. I saw him. I saw him once live. He's very good. Also... Um, Maddie was with me and she kept saying like that Trent Reznor like actually said it so many times she's like that Trent he is a really sexy short little man oh my like, goodness. she kept going on about how <laughs> he is and I was like also sorry to Trent if you're listening I feel like your talent that just doesn't matter what your height is but my friend said you're very sexy but I'm also sure kept saying you're very short hmm. for a hard rocker he's quite attractive I think yeah yeah Mark writes about the three harsh truths about love the first one being love does not equal <laughs> compatibility. You say just because you fall in love with someone doesn't necessarily mean they're a good partner for you to be with over the long term. I think yeah. that's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Yeah. If there's feeling but no substance, you know, or if there's substance but it's not right, you know, if you don't actually match up with each other's needs, like fundamental needs, then it's just not right. If they're a spirit, <laughs> you can put your hands through them. <laughs> so maybe not right. long term. There's no that. substance in their body. <laughs> Thanks for reappropriating what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> or misinterpreting. Yeah. I feel like I say compatibility so many times in a day. Oh, but it's so good though. Like we're just not about... compatible friends as well. When so... I got with you, that like the amount of things that like you raised to my attention about compatibility was amazing. Um, I never really thought about it that much before. I guess like I've been in relationships in the past. I'm sure there's many people listening. That's who've... why they're over. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm sure many people have been in those relationships where it's just so full of passion and, and fire and, and feeling, but it's not right in terms of being together as a functioning couple. Because they're not about robots. And their parts don't fit together. 
I love how you're um, <laughs> responding to compatibility my... Compatibility does kind of sound like robust. Though. It's like, we are not compatible. <laughs> there are some anecdotes in this article which are really useful. I can't recall them. But there's something about... <laughs> woman who gets married... What is wrong with us? We shouldn't have eaten chocolate. This is one about a woman who gets married to a man and, like, she gets some red flags... And then she decides to marry him anyway. And then he tells her every time he disagrees with him, all of your thoughts are annoying and like all of your opinions are annoying and you're just being arrogant or something oh. like that. And then he trashes her house when she's out and doesn't refuse to get a job. I might be merging two stories that Dennis. we're using the article together. Okay, number two. Love does not solve your relationship problems. Yeah, and then he talks yeah. about his own personal experience. Mm-hmm. All right, so he, she is a personal and a goat. My first girlfriend and I were madly in love with each other. We also lived in different cities, had no money to see each other, had families who hated each other, and went through weekly bouts of meaningless drama and fighting. And every time we fought, we'd come back to each other the next day and make up and remind each other how crazy we were about one another. And then none of those little things mattered because we're, oh my god, so in love and we'll find a way to make it work out. He says that they went on in this relationship for three years. Three fucking years! And they could have saved themselves a lot of time if they just recognised that they were never going to make it work. And it didn't matter how much they loved each other. They didn't live in the same city. They couldn't afford to live in the same city. And it wasn't working. Yeah, they weren't on the same track. You know, Neither of them were going to change or compromise where they were living, I suppose. Um, Yeah, they just weren't compatible. They weren't in the right place together. Part of them, though, for being able to make a long-term relationship work for three years. Mm. I mean, a long, a long distance. This is a key point that struck with me. While love may make you feel better about your relationship problems, it doesn't actually solve <coughs> your relationship problems. What? News to me. <laughs> I thought if you lost weight, then all your problems go away. I know that's another thing I keep in my head. <laughs> you heard that? They were people who lose a lot of weight. They're like, I thought my problems would go away. But they didn't. No, they your just insecurities got worse. are still there. Yep. Yep. In some relationship problems, <laughs> won't be solved by love. Yeah. So the idea is that I was asked, "Do I know how to create a good relationship?" And I thought, "Well, okay. Well, you probably need to have some common interests, and you need to be like attracted to them, and..." spend quality time together and that's all very true then I was told no you need some conflict and I thought about this and some of my longest relationships have been with people that I I wouldn't say I fight with them but we have some arguments yeah and the point the point that they made was that a lot of arranged marriages work because it's not perfect at the start and they have to learn to like each other but part of that com- the conflicts they have you start to build a rapport with someone because you fight you make up learn things about them and you start to be able to trust each other more mm-hmm. and they can work really well I see people that seem to fight with their partners all the time and I think why are you still together and maybe they shouldn't be, but their relationship is strong because they have so much, so many fights, I think. It's about being able to fight and resolve. Yeah. Like being able to resolve fights is the important part. Very true. If you just have these standoffs or, like, you don't talk to each other for days. I've heard about couples where they, like, mm-hmm. don't talk for days. That would drive me crazy. I don't think I could be with somebody who just stopped talking to me. No. But people tolerate it. 
Yeah, I like fighting may just be part of a couple's language. Exactly. But yeah, if you can't resolve it, that's a different story. I also, think. I feel like we should specify, Kathy, that you're my girlfriend. Hello. <laughs> we are together, and we've been together for uh, a year and two months now, almost. Um, is that right? Yeah, it doesn't matter. I don't know, you're not making some of that stuff. <laughs> The Tinder app shows us that, especially if you're going to limit your geographical range as to who you're looking for and say, you know, I just want to look for people who are in within, like, I don't know, what would you say, 5k? Yeah. Yeah. Um, in the city centre or, like, just on the outskirts is the most, the furthest I'm going. really shows you that it deconstructs that idea of the one because not only are you limiting it to one country, but you're limiting it to a city and then to, like, the CBD, shows you that you can find intimate relationships with people sort of all around you, really. It's it's more a matter of compatibility and what, what you regard as the most important points of compatibility and what, what areas you regard as the most important um, for that to fit into. I don't know. I just I feel like the idea of the one isn't really relevant anymore. What do you think about that? I don't think the idea of the one was ever relevant. No, I guess I'm coming from a Christian background. <laughs> yeah, well, fair enough. Um, I actually read once, like, from a scientific point of view as well, if there was only one person in the world that was right for you, the chances of you, you actually meeting them. them are incredibly slim. Exactly. Yeah. So, no, there isn't the one. But it is some. It is rare to find somebody that you're compatible with. It is. And that you have that spark with. And that's why people have travel mm. relationships, because they're looking for that person they're compatible with. Yeah. Whoa, do you ever think about that? We're not really there We're anymore. Not really there. Every time you're listening to a podcast, it's really like the past. Yeah, I, We're technically dead. This reminds me a lot of like an dead. art history class I had about how photography is basically just capturing someone in a moment, and it's about trying to escape our own mortality. Is that not podcasts? Is that not everything we do? If this file is um, archived appropriately, we could well be dead by the time someone is listening to this. Well, you're highly efficient with technology, so I assume we'll be our last our death. I'm just going to have to rewrite my whole zine because I said in the last part of my zine that, like, we make art to cope. But now I think we don't make art to cope at all. We make art to, like, outlast us because we're terrified of dying. Yeah, we make art to be remembered. Right, so that's why you want everyone to listen to your music. Yeah. Fuck. Remember me. I was completely wrong. Well, maybe there's lots of reasons why we make art. Think about me, I guess. I don't want to be remembered. I just want to be thought about. You should aim to be remembered as well, though. Remembered, yes. That's really nice, though. That's, remembered. again, one of those really nice lines, like, I love you for free. Yeah. Like, what does it really mean? Remembered in the future, but while I'm around now, think about me. Do we just, like... This is this is our first podcast. I've been he- hearing a lot of stuff about first novels. Have we just, like, thought of all this amazing shit, profound shit to say? Probably. That we've never, ever said because we just say dumb shit to our friends all the time. And now that there's a microphone in front of us, we're saying all of this, like, interesting stuff that we've stored in our brains. Exactly. <laughs> this is one hell of a movie review. <laughs> It's not just about movies. It's about our mortality. Point three. Love is not always worth sacrificing yourself. So if you have to make a major change in your relationship or your current life situation in order to make a relationship work because you love them, (laughs) it may not be worth that change. Whether that's changing countries, jobs, or just cities. Diet. Diet. Or even what your relationship looks like as well. (laughs) Have I ever changed for a partner? I have. I think I have too. Like, 
Sometimes some change yeah. can be awesome. Like some partner can come along and really awaken you to something in yourself that you haven't yeah, discovered. Yeah, but you wouldn't. Yet. It's a positive change that you would have yeah, made if you could have. Yeah, you're, so you're, you're, like right. you're not changing for them. No, it's just enabling. You're you changing by their like good habits and by yeah. their influences. Dan Tavish talks a lot about the price of entry to be with someone. Oh, yeah, cool. Okay, and you always have to be willing to pay the price of entry. So yeah, the, mm. I think I was talking about the price of entry the other day, where it's like when you are in a relationship with someone, you're putting a lot of things on the table. So it's like. I have, you know, these issues or I'm like, like those things that you put on the table, the price of admission is, hey, I'm really great, but you have to put it with my drug habit. Like that could be like a price of admission, right? Then you'd be like, oh no, I'm not willing to pay that. Is that a price of admission? Absolutely. Okay. That's not like a deal breaker, but or it could be a deal breaker. I have a child. I oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's have a really strict diet. Yeah. And if you're not willing to share that diet with me sometimes... Or at least tolerate problems. and provide for. Yeah, exactly. You have to respect that diet. Yeah, making meals. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Like, yeah. I mean, um, yeah. Well, I'm. Well, veg- we have to make that work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm vegetarian and Ellen's not, so we've just we've compromised and we've made it work. So I know that may seem minor, but um, you know, it took a bit of thought sometimes. No, it, it still it, does. You know, that that's a lot of work. I'm gluten free. You're a vegetarian, and we have to make gluten free vegetarian <laughs> meals every night. And Jaslyn, come And sometimes I need to have meat. Yeah, exactly. Well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which is. Yeah, you you have to do what you need to do, really. Right. Yeah, and I wouldn't expect anything to change. And what Jasmine was talking about would be like, yeah, but what Jasmine was talking about would be like if you said, well, Ellen, I can't be with you unless you only eat, don't eat totally reasonable. But yeah, totally. That's only eat vegetables. <laughs> no, no <I> dairy. <laughs> <laughs> no seeds. No seeds. Oh, Just shit. vegetables. Oh, Just vegetables. <laughs> Just vegetables. <laughs> Just vegetables. <laughs> um, oh my god. But uh, yeah. Um, only vegetables that fall. You can't pick them. And it's it hurting the plant. It is really hard once you get swept, <laughs> you get swept up in something and you make a change for someone without even realising it. And then it's only later on, you know, or if you break up with them and you're like, oh dear, like I've really lost this part of myself and I just completely forgot about it because I was with this person that didn't consider it to be something important to me. So I didn't pay attention to it. You're making me really sad. What are you talking about? I'm talking in abstract, but like. Oh, I, I, you ever felt that way? No. Well, it's good. I'm glad that never happened to you. I don't think so. The only change I'd made is gone vegan, but that was, um, that's a story for another time. Um, no, that was, um, quite an experience and, uh, but I changed for someone and I was pressured into it. So that isn't cool to be pressured into something. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say about that. The By the way, Kathy just did an amazing thumbs up thing. <laughs> I just <laughs> mirror image of it. Okay. There's um, so much you guys miss by this not being filmed. With funding, we may film it. Kidding! What's the friendship test? <laughs> the next point is the friendship test, which is he says that the, one of the oldest pieces of relationship advice in the book is you and your partner should be best friends. Which I like in this article because okay. he doesn't slam it. No. Like a lot of relationship experts are like, ugh, best friends. Ugh, you should never hang out with your partner ever. You need a separate life from your partner to make it work. But he's actually like, okay, that's legit. Yeah. But. Would you tolerate your partner's negative behaviours and your best friend? Mm-hmm. Is the point that he raises. So it's like, if your best friend was like, never got a job and expected you to pay their rent, if you put it that way, that's just unreasonable. And that, yeah, that relationship would end, what does he say? Faster than Paris Hilton's acting career, which I feel like is a bit of a dated reference at this point. Actually... He uses the example, I know a young woman who just got married. She was madly in love with her husband, and despite the fact that he'd been between jobs more than a year... Showed no interest in planning the wedding, often ditched her to take servant trips with his friends, and fa- her friends and family raised not so subtle concerns about him. She happily married him anyway. The wedding happened about a year into it. 
he was still between jobs, still got angry when she didn't cook for him, and ditches her for trips without her, trashes the house. <laughs> That's the worst bit for me. It's kind of like, all of that stuff's really flawed, but I feel like he deliberately trashes the house just to be like, you were dumb for marrying me. <laughs> yeah. So he asked the question, why do we tolerate behavior in our romantic friend relationships that we would never, ever, ever tolerate in our friendships? Wow. I think we do tolerate horrible stuff from our friends. Sometimes worse stuff than we tolerate from our relationships. There's one thing I'd say. But yeah, I get, I get the point. It makes a lot of sense. Like, that can't work long-term in a friendship, because friendships are really fragile. Well, then why do we way. tolerate it at all, when, really, when you think about yeah, it? Yeah, why do we tolerate it all? Why That's the real that? point. Why do we tolerate it all? Like, why do we why do we tolerate our friends being like, oh, I'm going to cancel on you yet again. Like, Third sometimes, the you know, if you, if, you, if you understand that person okay. needs to do that sometimes, if they're anxious, though, you know, that's totally cool. But, like, if they're doing it out of ne- neglect for you, or if they're not actually making any effort, then why do we put up with it, you know? We need to have more self-worth and more self-respect. I guess so. Relationships and love take really hard work, right? So sometimes you have to just say, hey, do you want to stop doing that? Or you need to find somebody else who's more compatible, who's a more compatible robot. And (laughs) why? Because he's in love. Yes, he brings up up the more extreme example of a man's girlfriend who is so jealous that she demands a password to all his accounts. And comes him everywhere so he's not tempted by other women. I think, yeah. If you had a, a friend who demanded all your passwords, that would be rather odd. Yeah, jealousy. I do have a friend that. like that. <laughs> jealousy is not an excuse for bad, bad behavior, behavior or abusive behavior. Like, right. yeah, it can be taken out in an emotionally abusive way and onto someone, and it's just it's not an excuse. We were talking about how there's societal understanding. That if somebody is jealous, then it's okay for them to act like a total fucking asshole. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Like, well, you know, you did kiss that other person at that party that one time, so it's okay that they smashed all of your things. I really liked the article you showed me, Kathy, with the woman with the watermelon. Do you remember that one? What was it about? It was about how one person can't provide everything of you. And she was like, the thing that means most to me in my life is not my husband, it's not any of my friends, it's my watermelon. Oh. Oh, yeah. And then you find out her watermelon is this little, like, um, shack that her husband helped construct for her that's painted yes. pink, so she calls it her watermelon, and that's mm. where she does her writing and her thinking, and that's, like, the most important thing for her in the entire world, because she can, she can reflect on herself and do her best work. Yeah, totally, and then her partner supports that and understands it and gives her the space to do that. I don't know if this helps, it, um, helps people understand it more as well, is that uh, one partner understood that you know their partner liked to go i don't know skiing i guess with a friend and even just that act of saying yeah that's awesome you know i don't have to join in you can go and do this i'm going to give you the space and the freedom to do this with someone who actually appreciates it yeah it's awesome to be able to give someone that yeah it's a respectful and, thing and also respect the fact you don't want to ski yeah totally it's yeah. cool what these articles are really getting at is it's kind of smashing down that problematic view we have of relationships the other half the, you know, the Jerry Maguire, you complete me, which I've always had a huge problem with because it's like, what about single people? Like, what about people who are separate entities? Are people. they just like one half always looking for a whole? What about asexual people, aromantic people who never want to be in relationships? Uh-huh. It, it doesn't work. People are already whole, you know, and then if someone else comes along, that's great. You can share that wholeness with someone else, but you're not a half waiting to be filled. As I heard in an Oprah interview once, be a whole in yourself. <laughs> then meet someone else who's a whole. <laughs> It shouldn't, yeah, it shouldn't be you You complete me. It should be you compliment me. Yeah. Nice. That's so good. Nice. Oh, I like awesome. that. Cool. 
thanks so much for listening. If you have any comments or questions, please send them through to highexpectationspodcast at gmail.com. Check us out on SoundCloud, iTunes, Pocket Casts, or wherever you enjoy podcasts. See our Facebook page for details at High Expectations Podcast or on Twitter at High X Podcast. Have a great week. Last year's rent! <laughs> we really have to watch this movie. Yeah. yeah. For God's sake. All right, <laughs> press play.